top content hack is don't try to hack. That's the hack. Try not to chase trends. Focus on who, like really understand your brand. Go to long-term thinking. Stop trying to like get a quick win. Think about your customer. What do they want? What do they want to see in five years? How can you create something now that's valuable to them today, but also would still be valuable to them in five years from now? Welcome to Megaminds, the podcast that unlocks the secrets needed to scale your business from seven figures per year to seven figures per month and beyond. On the show, we pick the brains of hey leading guys, business owners, marketing I'm geniuses, your host growth experts, and serial entrepreneurs tapping Nat into their Tosi, minds to uncover the true formula for e-commerce success. The CEO and founder of Good now enjoy the episode and don't forget to subscribe. If you haven't already, make sure to go back to the most recent episode where Matt and I chat about UGC and how it's not as effective as it used to be, providing potential solutions to get the most out of your content in order to build community. We talk about YouTube shorts. We talk about tips to build content bases for brands in their early stages and a whole lot more. So before you listen to that, make sure to go listen to the first part. But now, good to have you back, Matt. How's things over in Seattle? We're doing great. I'm excited. Let's just keep, we're just, we're just jamming and I love that. So let's just keep it going. Awesome. So Matt, I want to yeah keep the momentum going from our last chat. We spoke a lot about the types of content we should create and how to go about getting the most out of everything. But I know from experience as someone who works in video and content production every day, that it's not as simple as having an idea and creating it and then going on to the next idea. You need to have a framework in order to get the most content you want and the most effective content. So can you talk to me about what goes on behind the scenes, what you need to do in order to choose the right platform, how often you need to post, the kind of research you do, and then how to go about adding new platforms and channels as you expand? Yeah, so I think when you think about the content that you produce, ultimately, no matter if it's organic or paid or anything like that, it should be all going towards helping the customer in their journey to buy your product. Some customers are at the beginning of their journey. They've never even heard about your product. So the content that they need will be a little bit different than somebody that's bought your product already for the first time, fourth time, 10th time, or they're just a lifetime customer. So I think the first thing when you're thinking about creating content is thinking about who in your customer journey are you trying to reach? And that will kind of first help set the stage because when you think about, okay, now the next step would be, okay, where are they at? And then why would they buy? Why do they need to buy this product? That is going to help you craft the copy, the visuals, and everything else that comes from that content. And so, you know, in Good Studios, we preach, you know, our content should not only look good, but should convert viewers into customers. How do we do that? We ask why customers buy this product. We look at the comment section. We look and ask the brands, what data do you have? Why are people buying it? What are the top three reasons? That will give us a really good start as to how do we craft the messaging and the visuals to do that. Um, And then in the last episode, we talked a little bit about understanding who your customer is, because then you can understand what platforms they hang out on. Um, And that again is like, if you can talk to your customers, figure out, Hey, where do you guys like to consume content? What type of content do you like? 
then that will help you also understand which platforms to invest your time in. And then the last thing I'll say is focus on one or two platforms to start. Get really good at those. Don't get overwhelmed that there's 20 places you could post. Focus a little bit. Get your messaging uh, down, get your internal creation systems down because that's complicated. Uh, focus on those things, then you can scale up, uh, but really have that focus to start. Do you have any advice for creating that internal content system? Maybe a framework or a routine, a schedule that might make things a little bit easier for brands trying to create their content? I definitely think it it depends on the capabilities of your team. You have to sit down as a team and be honest. I think that not enough teams come together to talk about content creation. I think that if you could get all your your whole team involved in it, you're going to it's going to be a lot stronger. I think that you don't want to have too many cooks in the kitchen, of course. You don't want to have too many opinions. But my point is, is that you've got, to, especially if you're starting out and you don't have like a full-time content creation team, uh, you got to be scrappy. So be honest with your team. What is the time that you can put into this channel? That's going to be different for each person. Then once you're honest with that, you can be honest with realistic uh, posting schedules. Don't let the gurus tell you that you need to post 10 times on TikTok a day. Do what's realistic to you and do what's realistic to, that you don't lose the quality of your brand. Like it would be better for you to not post and people love the stuff that you post, even if it's a little bit, you know, not as frequent because that's what they're coming there for. So it's really dependent on the teams. Now, in terms of tools that I would use to help organize yourself, I love to use Milanote. It's M-I-L-A-N-O-T-E dot com. And what it is, it's like a, it's a visual tool where you can create all these different mood boards. You can add in videos that you love. Like, so if you're creating TikTok content, you can literally just copy and paste the TikTok, you know, URL, place it there. And you could see like, oh, this is a TikTok that we want to create. And then you could just look at it later and create it. So there's a lot that you can do on that tool, but we use that for everything, whether it's ad creative, organic TikTok creation, production, it's the best tool and you can customize it for how your team needs. Um, and I think that would help for any team of any size. What about in terms of equipment? In the last episode, we spoke about pretty ads versus ugly ads, as I've seen you coined the subject. In other words, UGC versus high quality production. If you're, you may already be a well-established business, but if you're relatively new to scaling your content, do you have any advice for people in order to make the transition as easy as possible? Do they need a $10,000 cinema camera? Do they need a full studio with different colored backdrops? That's a great question. I think when you're starting out, you know, the best camera that you have is the camera that you own right now. And that could just be your iPhone. And I think that can work, especially on a platform like TikTok. I think you can run ads that are created on, uh, on your phone. But I think once you get to a certain level of product market fit and you've started to build an audience, I say that you need to start building your visual brand. You need to go beyond just the cell phone camera. Now, 
it's hard to have an in-house team. That's expensive. So that's where Goodo Studios or you know other creative partners can come in. We already have the cinema cameras. We've already bought them. We can take care of that for you, right? So there's a certain level of DIY, but then once you get to that certain level, go and find a creative partner that can help you elevate that um, to a certain level. I think that most companies don't really need to have an in-house content creation team. I think it's expensive. So I think that's something you can get an outside partner to come in on to help you with those photos and videos. Um, And I think that you just need to understand that those photos and videos that you get done on like a higher end camera are incredible of an investment. You can use those in so many ways outside of ads. And I think we can kind of talk about like the unit economics of it, but I think that they go such a long way. And I would say that if creation is something that's not your forte or something that you like are like super excited to do, then definitely try to get that offloaded because it's something that is just necessary to every brand. And if you and your team just struggle with it, that's probably one of the first investments that you should make. You mentioned the unit economics of it. I'm happy for you to elaborate a little bit on that if you want to. Yeah. So, okay. So let's say we do a photo shoot and it's a few thousand bucks. It's like, oh, that's a big price tag. But think about what you can do with just one image. You can put that on your email. You can put that on your SMS. You can put that as a product photo. You can... uh, put that as a, a, you know, a printout, a flyer like that you put in your unboxing experience. You could put that photo on a billboard because it was shot on a nice camera. So it it can actually expand to that, you know, big of a level, right? Uh, There's so many use cases. You could literally take that photo and run it as an ad. Then you could add, you know, motion graphics on top of it to make it as a static ad. And you can then place that into a video, uh, you know, so there's like, so many ways you just use one photo that is like incredible. Whereas a lot of times, especially when it comes to UGC, people think, Oh, it's this cheap way. We can get all this cheap content. Well, first of all, you don't know if it's going to work until you actually run it. Most more than likely it's going to be like a 50, 50 chance that it's going to work, right? Not every ad is going to work. Um, you can't use it literally anywhere else. Like you can't like it's shot on an iPhone. Like iPhones are amazing, but not to get too technical, but the sensors are not nearly as good as like a Sony camera. So you can't blow up an image on a billboard. You can't use those in so many different ways. So when you really break it down, investing in a higher end production can actually go a longer way uh, for your brand. And then think about your customer experience they are starting to see a cohesive experience from ad to landing page to product page. They're starting to see these images that have been crafted to kind of tell your story and mission. That is dynamic. That is something that's really going to convert. Obviously, you need to find a partner that understands e-commerce and understands uh, how to tell your story and how to create visuals that convert. But you can have pretty ads shot on cinema cameras that actually convert. And I think if you have that intention, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty powerful what you can do. So don't shy away from investing in those things because you can actually use them in, in so many different ways. An example that comes to mind of a real world shoot that we did, it was a honey client. And 
Honey is very picturesque when you have the ASMR angle, when you zoom in real close and you watch it dribble down. So we used our Blackmagic fancy $10,000 camera Love to it. film extreme close-ups. And that's something that immediately grabs the attention on the feed, which you wouldn't be able to necessarily get with a phone. So it shows that there still is opportunity for it. Certainly less opportunity these days than maybe five years ago. But also that, that Blackmagic camera that we have, we use that for our YouTube videos to show off the agency. So that ties into what we were speaking about in the last episode about building that long-term content that just keeps working for you in the background. Yeah, I think that, you know, again, brands shouldn't have to focus on investing in these expensive cameras. It's really not that, it's not worth it. What is worth it is finding a creative partner that can help you uh, leverage that technology for you as a brand and as a business. And I think that is something to really understand. If you can work with the right partner that understands Facebook ads and how that works, I think that there's a really great way of being able to set up a quarterly shoot where you're getting a ton of different clips, uh, photos, uh, you know, GIFs, motion graphics, all that stuff. And then you can have those edited out over like three months and you're testing concepts and all that stuff. Uh, so again, if you find the right creative partner, I think it can work. And I just think that like, when you get to that level of camera, there's a certain level of expertise learning curve that is takes years to understand. So it's not worth a brand's time to do that. I think, again, if you're just starting out, if your ad spend is below, like, you know, I would say 30 K like you can get away with, you know, running things off of just that you monthly know, monthly. Yeah. 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 Like, I think you can get away with, you know, iPhone videos and, you know, simple graphics that you, you know, DIY it, but above that ad spend per month, I think that's where you should really start to think, hmm, I think it's time to invest in my visual brand and really take it to that next level. So I think to sum that up, it is usually worth investing in high quality content. It's not necessarily worth investing in shooting it yourself. Yes, Absolutely. You got to get a good creative partner. That's the key. Yeah. We've spoken a lot about photography and I think I might be unpacking a can of worms when I ask you this, Matt, but you gave some real world examples of how you can have photography on billboards and flyers and things like that. But those are more traditional marketing methods. Do you think in the digital marketing landscape, there is still a need for photography with the exception of website photography? I think that there is, I think that people are, I think people are so video heavy that they're really sleeping on, on static ads. Um, and I think the best way to make a great static ad is to have a really great quality photo. Um, a brand that I think kind of crushes on the statics. I mean, look at a caraway. They, they're a cookware brand, but they have these really beautiful images um, and they have all these different like kind of call outs that come onto it. Um, very simple, but I think that it does a really great job of, of selling that. And so I think that if you have a creative partner that can really understand conversion, they can come into those photo shoots with intention 
they're going to craft those to be in the spaces or in the, you know, the setting where it's going to convert and target the right audience. I think absolutely. Um, Obviously, I think that, you know, you can leverage those to be on your landing page, product page and things like that. And I think that is still helpful. Like you got to think about the, the customer journey. It's not just the ad and then it's they buy, they probably are going to go onto your website and, you know, take a look at everything. So if you have this cohesive uh, experience from ad to landing page, product page, whatever, and it's like similar images, similar setting, I think that that in itself is, is really strong. Um, so don't sleep on statics and don't sleep on, you know, being able to use photos for it. And I try to keep my bias out of it. Sometimes I think, oh, there's no way that this photo could do well and it crushes it and it's like a simple photo. So try to get your bias out of it, test as much as possible. If the test doesn't work, okay, that's cool. But if it does work, then you know, double down. Just to play devil's advocate on this topic then, would you ever run a static photo standalone or would you always add some little animation on top of it to make it a little bit more visually engaging? I, I would I would definitely try running it static. Why not? I think it doesn't hurt to try. I think this is where we get into this conversation though of this like aesthetic, right? The branding and, and kind of like the visual brand versus performance. And I think we have to be careful of not focusing so much on brand and think, or sorry, uh, on performance and actually think about the brand and the experience the customer is having. If this is the first impression that someone's having of your product, you want it to be good. So it's like, yeah, that sketchy, you know, ad like a video may have worked, but did it attract the right customer? Is that the customer that you want to be attracting? Or is it better to have maybe something that's a little less converting, but it attracts the right customer? It tells the right message. Uh, and the lifetime value of that customer is a lot higher. I would choose the second. And so I think we got to remember that customers are humans and they buy emotionally, not logically. And so you want to be able to create that emotional connection that uh, with the product, with the brand, with the customer. And sometimes an image can do that. So you just have to be uh, careful of, of getting, you know, your bias in the way of decision-making. I think that's a great explanation because often the message floating around is that it's all about video and stats would show that video typically does perform better, but it's not the be all and end all. And as you've mentioned, there is still room for creative testing because maybe photo only works 30% of the time, but if that 30% of the time is for your brand, then go for your life. And I think that's the the main takeaway there, just to be able to take a step back and look at things from a broader perspective. Matt, something else I wanted to ask you about is something that you think brands are sleeping on, which you've pointed out in your newsletter and on your Twitter feed, and that is putting content on your shipping page. So you mentioned the customer journey and the experience. How does content apply to a shipping page? Because it's not really something that people think about too often. It's kind of that the last step, as long as they put their credit card details in, that's fine. But what's the advantage? So shipping is is definitely not sexy in 2022. You know, global supply chains, it's been wild. But what if we could 
make it awesome. And it's possible. There's an, a Shopify app. So you, obviously your store would have to be on Shopify for this, um, or you would have to custom build it, which I think would be intense. So it's called Wonderment. Uh, I'm not sponsored by them, but if you're listening to this in the next like month, we've got a pretty good, like you can get a 30 day trial. Just use the word goodo with an S goodos, uh, and you can get a free trial. Um, but basically one of the coolest features about this app is the fact that you can create your own custom shipping, uh, page. Now, transactional emails like shipping is like the most open email that you'll have as a brand. People open it. I think it's like eight times as much or something like that. It's like a crazy number. Um, Wonderman has all the stats and it's just wild that you're sending all that traffic to like DHL to, you know, whatever the shipping person is. It's like that you're missing out on so much SEO, but then you're also not in control of that part of the customer journey. So the fact that now that app Wonderment can empower brands to have that as a customer journey, that's incredible. So not only are you going to get great SEO, well, now you can customize it. What can you do on that page? You could have, uh, let's say a, a video from your founder saying, thank you so much for buying. Here's the, you know, here's everything about our brand. You could have more of your longer form content um, that we kind of talked about in the previous episode. If you're doing like a whole video series, the best people that are going to like your best viewers are going to be the ones that already bought from you. Well, put it on your shipping page, get people excited. If you're putting a lot of effort into your social media pages, put your social media page right there. So now you've gone from a shipping page to then now they're going to be entertained by all the content that you're creating, right? So there's so many ways that you could um, use that shipping page to your advantage. And people are checking on that page more than pretty much any other page on your website. Uh, And so to be able to customize that is just insanely powerful. I think Wonderment does a lot of amazing other things when it comes to email flows and shipping and all that stuff. But the custom pages is, I think, uh, underrated uh, part of their app that I think so many more brands need to leverage. Especially in this hyper-competitive landscape, that is a point of difference where you can stand out. If, if you can have the founder providing a thank you message or telling them about how the product was made, then that's going to build a little bit more of a connection with the user. Whereas some other brand might just send the package and that's the end of it. So I think that's, you've raised a great point that that's a a way to kind of differentiate yourself and invite them into that community, which again, we spoke about in our last episode. Awesome, Matt. Well, I have chewed your ear off for (laughs) almost enough time now. Um, So usually we end the second half of our podcast with a section about learning and personal development. So as a CEO and founder in especially a hyper-competitive agency world, you definitely need to be ahead of the game and be on the nose of trends. So that means constantly learning. So do you have a particular learning philosophy or, or approach to development? So prior to doing all of this agency work and creative work, Uh, I was a professional ballet dancer. So I spent 14 years training at a very, very high level um, to be the best dancer that I could be. And so I think in that time, I learned 
how to train myself, uh, how to be motivated on my own to cross train and do all that stuff. And so I am now leveraging that experience in my career here. So there's obviously like, okay, I could learn how to, you know, take better photos, better videos and things like that. That's like the main art, but then to cross train, what are the other workouts that I need to do? Okay. I got to learn about other parts about business, right? So I know that creative is not the only function of a business. There's, there's shipping, there's uh, the website, landing pages, all these things like paid media. I don't run these, those ads. I just help make those ads. Right. But I need to understand how that functions in the whole ecosystem of the business. And so that's really like my philosophies. If I can understand business more holistically, then I can understand the ripple effect that the content that good studios creates can have on a brand that we work with. The best way to do that is like go on Twitter and just follow a bunch of people, see what they are talking about, whether they're other agency owners, brand owners, brand operators, whatever it is, like just consume as much as you can about that. But the best thing to do is also engage, ask questions, start, try to connect with people. Don't just kind of be in the back of the room, be in the front of the room, ask questions, engage, because that's where you're going to make connections. That's where you're going to be able to learn a lot more at a, at a faster rate. So yeah, I'm just trying to leverage my training from my dance career to this you know new career now. What about time management? Is there anything that you do to kind of to be able to get the most out of yourself on a day-to-day basis, considering that you're balancing clients and you're balancing your content creation with your newsletter, with managing staff. How do you go about ensuring that you can focus on the right things every day? I don't think that many people have this down perfect. So I, I, and I know I'm in that boat of, it's definitely not perfect. So I think the first thing is just being forgiving of yourself. Um, I think if you're in a position where you're running a team, you're probably in a position uh, or a, a person who is like a high achiever. And that's phenomenal because that's gotten to, that's helped you get to where you are. But usually those people are the least forgiving of themselves. And I think you got to start there is just be like, yo, chill out. Like, it's okay. Like the world's not going to end if you don't respond to that email. Like just, you know, relax, like give yourself some grace. So that's, that's step one. Step two is don't get so caught up in creating the perfect system that you never get started or like get organized in a way, right? Like it's okay if you don't have the perfect notion dashboard set up or whatever, like just keep it simple first. And then if you want to get it more complex, awesome. I think people are like, want to systematize everything that they end up not really doing it, or they actually overwhelm themselves. If you, if this is a video, if you see this, I've got this paper card and I just pay, basically put out all of my to-do lists. I'm going to plug them. It's called Ugmonk, U-G-M-O-N-K, not sponsored here, but they have a paper productivity system and you can buy it online. It's changed my life. Seriously. But you can just basically put your to-do list here and you kind of just show like which ones you're starting on, which one you're doing. And paper has really helped. Keep it simple. Don't over, you know, complicate things and just be loving to yourself. Yeah, I think, you know, that message really 
hits home for me and I'm sure a lot of our listeners is that we're always trying to, to do a lot and squeeze the most out of ourselves, but you need to be forgiving because we're all on this journey of learning and every failure is one step closer to becoming who you want to be in, in business or in life. And regarding the prioritization and the to-do list, which you just showed, what works for someone else might not work for you. What works for you might not work for them. So yes, you can play around with Notion and Todoist and create a Google Excel sheet, or you can just grab your diary the old-fashioned way, write it down. The point is, whatever works for you, that's what you should be doing. And I think you want to ex- test it out, explore things, try it for a time, really commit, uh, but then find what works for you. The best thing is, you know, you don't want to work like a cow. You want to work like a lion. So a cow grazes all day. A lion rests most of the day and then goes and attacks their prey. And so in the same way, you need to understand how you work. We all work so differently. We have different energy levels at all times of the day, whatever. So you have to be extremely aware of yourself and how you work to then craft that work schedule around yourself. And I try to give, um, I try to understand how my teammates work when they operate, what times and give them that freedom so that they can be their best. I would rather them work three hours and it's phenomenal versus trying to work and stretch out eight and they get nothing done. So do that for yourself, but then do that for your teammates. Yep. I love it. And that lion and cow analogy is kind of a very similar but creative way of describing the Pareto principle, the 80-20 rule. Do you have any ways that that applies to Gudo Studios? What do you find that on a personal level has the most impact for you in growing your business? Because our listeners are, are, are obviously growing their own businesses or growing themselves on a personal level. So do you have any particular tips on what moves the needle for you? Remember what's at the center of your business. If you're a brand listening, it's your product. The product is everything. Focus on that. Focus on making that product, that product experience incredible. Like, yes, you can have great ads and all that stuff, but like make sure your product works. Make sure that it's like a good, it tastes good and all that stuff. And and granted, it's not going to be for everybody. And that's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying everything else in your business comes from that product. In the same way, if you're an agency listening to this, what comes is that service that you provide. So I always want the photos and videos to constantly get better. How can we get better gear? How can we elevate the color grading and all these different things? Of course, build out systems, get organized. You know, you don't want to get it to be chaos, but I think so many people get so caught up in everything else that they forget, like the actual, like just core product that they, or service that they're selling. And so how do I grow my business? I'm just going to make sure that the content that we produce gets better and better. If it gets better and better, more people are going to suggest us, more people are going to want to work with us. And yeah, we'll try and get more team members and get that more organized and all that stuff. But that's not going to actually scale the business it's the creative work, our core product that we offer people. So just focus on that with whatever business, you know, or situation you're in, because that's going to be amazing. And also if you're an individual contributor, 
think about like, what's the core thing that you want to be known for and focus on that. Everything else will kind of like work itself out. So if you're on a team, same idea, just, you know, change it up a little bit. I love it. Well, Matt, we've gone through a lot in this episode and the previous episode. So first of all, I want to say a massive thank you for joining me over in Seattle. Um, I've learned a lot and it's been great to have a bit of back and forth on all things content. Um, what we usually do is end our episodes with some rapid fire questions. So Let's do it. whatever comes to mind, whether it's one word or a couple of sentences, don't overthink it. Let's hear what, what you've got. I'm ready. So first of all, if you were to go back in time to before you started Good O's Studios, what advice would you have for yourself? I would say don't give up. Like it's not supposed to be perfect at first. You know, you're not going to be able to do the thing that you imagine at first. There's going to be a gap. But if you don't give up, you will get that gap. I want to shoot a Super Bowl commercial one day. I'm not there yet. We're not there yet, but we'll get there. We're going to work every day to get there. So I would just say that to my younger self because I know that I would want them to just never give up. Awesome. Do you have any essential resources, be them must-read books, must-listen podcasts, essential courses for creatives or e-commerce owners? Read anything from David Ogilvy. That's the core of it. He is an incredible copywriter. Why writing for photos? That doesn't make sense. No, it does. Because if you are thinking about how do I convert a viewer into a customer, understand why people buy, Ogilvy was the best at it. Translate all that to photos and videos, you're good to go. But anything that Ogilvy says is like pretty spot on and you could adjust it for that. And to be honest, in videos and in photos or you know any ad, a lot of the thing that's driving it is the visuals, but it's actually the, 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 the actual text on the screen. So if you understood why somebody buys on the, on with the text, like it just makes sense. So Ogilvy all the way, anything that he writes, read it. Confessions of an advertising man is one I'd recommend. Yeah. That's uh, that's full of insights, especially if you're an agency. Yeah. Matt, what is your top content hack for 2022? Oh, top content hack is don't try to hack. <laughs> That's the hack. Try not to chase trends. Focus on who, like really understand your brand. Go to long-term thinking. Stop trying to like get a quick win. Think about your customer. What do they want? What do they want to see in five years? How can you create something now that's valuable to them today, but also would still be valuable to them in five years from now? And what about your top lifestyle tip to get the most out of yourself on a personal level? Sleep eight hours, read a book called why we sleep. It'll change how you um, perform because most people do not have enough sleep. Uh, so they think that they can just grind every hour of the day, especially in America. People think that, and it's untrue. You actually be more productive when you rest, which is kind of funny that you would think you would think doing more would be helpful, but actually doing less can be helpful. So sleep eight hours, that'll change your life uh, for sure. And drink water. <laughs> Love it. So last but not least, Matt, if someone wants to connect with you, learn more about what you're doing at Goodo Studios, 
or read your newsletter, where should they go? You can follow me on Twitter, Matthew Gatozzi. That's where all the hot takes are. That's where you can really connect. We can uh, DM each other, all that good stuff. That's where you're going to get the day-to-day thoughts of, of marketing and content. Uh, I have a newsletter that you can check out um, that you can see on my Twitter profile. It's also on goodostudios.com. And then if you're looking for any content services, goodostudios.com, book a call, let's chat, let's make it happen. Cool. Anything else you'd like to add before we wrap it up on content or learning or anything else that comes to mind? I think we've dove into no, pretty much just, everything. Just keep it simple. Just keep it simple. Don't overthink anything. And again, I appreciate the opportunity to, to chat here. Absolute pleasure. All right, guys. Well, hope you've enjoyed listening to Matt. Subscribe to his newsletter. I have, and there's plenty of good stuff in there. And don't forget to send this show, this episode to someone you think could really benefit from all of the content tips that Matt has put out and we'll leave it there. So Matt, enjoy the weekend and we'll chat soon. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into the Megaminds podcast. If you're looking to scale your own e-commerce business, get in touch for a free strategy session. 